Hello, my name is Dina Hardy and I'm the current president of the Dukes Club. I'm delighted to be introducing the Dukes Club Soundbite podcast. We'll be kick-starting our podcast series during the global pandemic of COVID-19 with our Keeping Well series. The aim of this podcast series is to provide trainees with support during this difficult time, with an emphasis on mental and physical well-being. We have a range of interesting speakers who will be giving you short sound bites into how we can achieve that during this time. Keep well, everybody. In this episode, specialist palliative care chaplain Mark Newitt reflects thoughtfully on the impact of COVID-19 on us all and the relevance of spirituality to the COVID-19 crisis. Most of us who work in healthcare have, I guess, our coping mechanisms and ways of, if not quite making sense of, at least processing or protecting ourselves in some way from the trauma, suffering and death that we see week by week. COVID-19, though, has brought us face to face with our human mortality in, to borrow words from W.H. Auden, a form that we do not expect, and certainly with a force more dreadful than we can imagine. Reflecting on this, last week a chaplaincy colleague in Somerset, Kate Fox Robinson, wrote, As you read this and you take your next breath, you may notice again the palpable disbelief and shock in the air. We seem to be presently in the shock phase of trauma and grief. We face huge human emotions on a phenomenal scale. Collective disappointment about all the cancellations of plans we had made and hoped for and assumed would come to pass. Collective confusion as we look out into the great unknown. And there are no straightforward answers or easy fixes or timely resolutions. Kate suggests that we are experiencing feelings associated with trauma and grief. While I don't believe in a grief process, or that there are neat, identifiable stages to grief, I do find the notion that we are experiencing a sort of grief helpful. Kate talked about shock, but maybe you've been feeling other associated emotions, anger, helplessness, elements of denial, a general malaise or sadness. And naming what you are experiencing as a type of grief might be helpful. Another way of looking at or attempting to chart the uncertain terrain that we are travelling through comes from using a spiritual lens. It's not widely quoted, but one of the most useful definitions of spirituality that I've come across defines it as a way of being and experiencing that comes about through awareness of a transcendent dimension. A way of being and experiencing that comes about through awareness of a transcendent dimension. One of the reasons I like that definition is that it grounds spirituality in experience. In other words, our spirituality is one way of describing how we understand and experience our place in the world. For me, that link to experience is important. It helps distinguish spirituality from psychology and psychological understandings which would be more concerned with how we think and what's going on in our minds. If spirituality is to do with a way of describing how we experience the world around us, then it's not difficult to see how COVID-19 may have unsettled us, as it has dramatically affected the way we experience our place in the world. 
At the broadest level, there is the loss of our normal routines and ways of being, as increasingly stringent lockdown measures have been put in place. We can no longer socialise or exercise in the ways that we have been used to. We may feel the loss of touch or physical connection as we are urged not to shake hands or hug. Even things that normally we'd take for granted, like nipping to the shops or placing an online order, may have become ordeals approached with trepidation. Alongside how we experience the world, spirituality is also to do with how we understand our place in it. The definition that I used spoke about an awareness of a transcendent dimension. While this may be understood in traditional religious terms, those who wrote the definition mean it to refer to a sense that there is more to life than what is seen. Another way to put that is to say that it refers to a sense that we are more than the sum of our parts, that, whether individually or collectively, we sense that as human beings we have significance, that we matter. That awareness that we are more than just flesh and bone might be intuitively felt, and like many intuitive things it might be hard to quantify or evidence, but it plays out in the everyday, and perhaps particularly at times like this, it comes much more readily to the surface. All of us, whether or not we've ever fully articulated it, or have our sense of justice, of what is right and fair, and of how we think things should be in the world. The effects of COVID-19, whether experienced through events on the global stage, or felt more personally in the individual decisions we are having to make, may well be leaving us feeling uneasy, because either our understanding of how the world works is being challenged, or we sense we are having to compromise our principles or values in some way. All of this, whether viewed as a coping with a type of grief, or through the lens of how we understand and experience our place in the world, is unsettling and unnerving. It may not just be the rapidly changing work context that leaves us feeling like we are on shifting sands. That, though, is only part of the story. A line from a poem that a friend wrote and sent to me the other week described how everything feels so subtractive at the moment, that alongside taking away our health and wealth, our concept of normality, COVID-19 has also removed our capacity to focus on anything else. The thickness of our lives diminished, they write. In the musical version of Roald Dahl's story, Matilda, there is a great song called Naughty. It begins by outlining the story of Jack and Jill and then Romeo and Juliet. The lyrics comment, they never stood a chance, they were written that way, innocent victims of their story. A bit later in the story though, the lyrics wonder why they didn't just change their story. When I'm talking with patients, I often ask them about whether, alongside or in the midst of the anguish and the suffering that they are experiencing or going through, there might be moments of joy or wonder, or perhaps small things that they are grateful for. 
we might not be able to change what we are experiencing, but we may be able to change the way we respond to it, and more importantly, the stories we tell about it. You perhaps will have seen Richard Hendrick's poem or meditation, Lockdown, which begins, Yes, there is fear. Yes, there is isolation. Yes, there is panic buying. Yes, there is sickness. Yes, there is even death. But... Richard then goes on to pick out moments of hope in the midst of the difficult realities we are experiencing. Such moments of hope or joy or comfort or beauty do not deny that rubbish stuff is happening but they may help lessen its power over us. It may be that in your context, you are able to find similar small things that help give a different shape or meaning to a day. A good practice to try would be, before you begin a shift, to think of small acts of kindness you might be able to do for colleagues. And then at the end of a shift or day, take a moment to find one thing to be grateful for. It's also worth remembering in all of this that we are not superhumans, but human humans. We are not superhumans immune to fear and worry. Concerns and anxieties when facing something unprecedented in our lifetime are normal and to be expected. So let's be honest with each other about how we are feeling. When we talk about our fears, it often helps reduce the sense that we are alone are the only ones feeling as we do. We are not superhumans who can solve this on our own, especially at a time when there is the risk of feeling that we should be doing more. We need to trust our colleagues and take time to rest. A common phrase at the moment is that this is a marathon, not a sprint. I wonder, though, if the notion of the 24 hours of Le Mans might be a better metaphor. In that race, several drivers share the task, so that while one is driving, others are resting and recuperating. At the end of a shift, another good practice would be to decide on one thing that you will do before you are back at work as an act of self-care. Some exercise, to eat well, to curl up with a book, or catch up safely with family and friends. It's important that we look after ourselves. We may not be superhumans, but even as human humans, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are resourceful. We are creative. We are already learning to find ways to respond to the challenges we face. So let's retain our humanity. Let's act out of love and not in fear. While we wash our hands, let's not wash our hands of one another. While we are unable to physically touch people, let's touch them with our generosity and care. And let's continue to be imaginative, inventive and kind. Thank you for listening to Keeping Well, The Duke's Soundbites, health and well-being tips for medical staff. We're planning to release weekly episodes for as long as needed during the COVID-19 pandemic. As always, please share this podcast with your colleagues if you think they will benefit from it, and best wishes from all of us at The Duke's Club. 
representing doctors training as colorectal surgeons in the UK and Ireland.